What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the world. Glad to have you here this morning, at least this morning here in West Michigan, since most of my, uh, most of, uh, I shouldn't even say my, but most of the listeners and followers of this channel of um, His Hard Line is in Michigan, but I know we got quite a bit of people in other states and other countries. So, but if you're in Michigan, good morning. Glad to have you all here. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in charge. They're the boss. They're the host. They're the CEO. They are the ones in charge. They're at the wheel and they are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. Welcome. Like it always says, 365 times, depending on the version of the Bible you have, fear not. And like I always say, make sure you do your absolute best to give your life 100% over to God and Jesus Christ. Listen to the Holy Spirit. They will steer your personal vessel through these crazy chaotic waters, through the storm, through these crazy swells, and they will get you to a safe harbor to anchor so you can get yourself on dry land and safe and sound to have peace. So welcome. So today we're going to be reading out of the book of Romans chapter three. But before I get into the book of Romans, I was scrolling TikTok this morning because, and then by the way, I'm going to have to cut out of here at a certain time. So I got to pay attention to the time really diligently this morning because I'm going, I got an appointment to get my wife's car uh, her window is tinted at 930. So, um, yeah, if I have to cut out of here, um, forgive me here. But but anyway, I wanted to um, we're going to try to get this going real quick. But um, I was scrolling TikTok this morning and I, I came across this page. I, I, I didn't even catch his name, but I love the guy's message. It's awesome. Awesome. I think he's like a pastor. Right. And um, he he actually has a really fun way in a um, forgive my st- you know, my dad language, because I don't know what the word is anymore. I, I, you know how kids have different slang words for cool, right? Um, but he has a real hip way of putting things, right? He's got a very modern way of putting things. Um, I really like how he delivers his message. Now, there's one message he was talking about, how you, you need to be careful what you pray for. Now, listen to this, because this is so profound, Give this a check because this, I tell you, seems to be so true. God will give you the very thing that will kill you if you want it bad enough. I can't tell you how many moments I've prayed for things that were going to prey on me. 
I have asked God to give me things that if he would have fully given them to me, it would have killed my marriage. It would have destroyed my relationship with my children. It would have impacted my integrity. It would have literally, and God said, keep asking me. I'll give you what you want. Just so you can see, this ain't what you want. Missy Elliott's song, I got what you want. Some of y'all too saved with that. I got what you need. <laughs> that's what God's saying. He said, I got what you actually want. And I got what you actually need. But keep asking me for that. And this son gets it. And when you go far from home, you waste your wealth. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is the book of Job. When basically God gives Job over to, um, over to Satan because of Job's, you know, steadfast faith. And so when I, when he tells this story, the first thing I think of, right, when he says this, right, be careful what you pray for, God may not necessarily give that to you, but he may say, okay, you know what, you keep praying for this, then I'm just going to allow Satan to just fulfill your wishes. And you're going to, you're going to pray that you never prayed for that and then he'll just say all right fine you know satan you have you have full reign to give this man what he wants and you're gonna see that this is not what you really want so that's the first thing that comes to mind when i heard this clip here's another clip that i thought was pr pretty profound overflowing with god's gifts that from the same pastor this is so cool how many people used to when they was kids used to drink water like this some of y'all bougie kids want the sunny and smart water. Boy, we had hose water. But we want it to stop at the top. That's enough. Drop, drop, drop. Perfect. Everything is just how I wanted it to be. Nothing around. I got it good. And what happens is most of our Christian lives, this is what we pray for. It's just to be filled up to the top. Can I break it all the way down? We just want salvation. Don't stop me at the top. I want you to let me fill you up. And then I want you to not just get saved. I want you to let it what? Now the crazy thing about when it starts to overflow, stop it for a second. Anything that now touches this causes it to. Uh-oh. When people come into your life, they should be able to touch you. You should be so full. Full of love. Full of peace full of joy, full of understanding, that when they touch you, and then we go back to the obscure place and say, God, here I am again. Mercy's new every morning. Fill me up, God. 
Fill me up, God. So when I go to work and they touch me, uh uh-oh. When I go to the school and I'm with my kids, fill me up, God. This is what overflow looks like. Now let me help you. Too many people, you can stop it, have stopped God at the top. You know how they do it? Not by God stopping to flow. Put it back on. What they do is, all right, God, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. You never want to put limitations on God because God has an infinite supply of love, grace, forgiveness for providing everything that we need and for fulfilling our dreams. And his dreams are often a lot larger than ours. I love this guy. This guy, whoever he is, I need to find out what his name is. I just, like I said, I just stumbled upon him on TikTok this morning and I was just like, wow, here's one more piece, 30 second piece that I want to play before we get into the reading. And this is pretty funny, but also profound at the same time. He talks about how we don't want a side chick savior. Listen to his outlook on it. This is so, this is pretty funny. I don't want to have a side chick savior. Y'all know what I'm talking about, a side chick savior? Okay, let me just start with the first word, a side chick. Like, like some of y'all like, uh-oh, some, of you, some people's booty just got tight because I came down your street. <laughs> but, but a side chick is, is the girl you talking to and claim in the dark but won't make any public statements about. Yeah. That thing that you call them after 10, 11, 12, what you doing? Mm. You should be asleep. But, 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 but it's a relationship with benefits, but no association. Mm-hmm. And most people treat Jesus like that. Save me, but I won't claim you. Uh-oh. Be my Lord in the time of need. But when I'm ever confronted about you, I'm always going, I mean, I just let people think whatever they think. You know, I'm just letting, I mean, there's so many different ways. No. My Bible says there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. And, and, and what we're suffering from as a society is people who love Jesus as a side chick savior. Yeah, that is very true. We only want to bring Jesus to the forefront or a tap into Jesus when it's convenient and when we're in a time of need. And that is the wrong way that most people look at it. And be honest with you, I used to be like that myself. I never freaking, I never talked about Jesus in the in the daylight around my circles of friends. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I don't want to be looked at as a Bible thumping Jesus freak. But you know what happens? You deny him. In front of others, he will deny you in front in heaven and you know, in front of his father. But I tell you what, when you finally get that transformation and you start proclaiming the name of Christ out in open, out in the daylight, not just at night, but out in the daylight, when you don't need him, right? When you don't and actually that's kind of a wrong way to put it, because we always need Jesus, but when you aren't in a time of need, let me say it like that, when you aren't in a time of need, you still go to Jesus like, Jesus, thank you so much for the blessings you bring to me in my life. Thank you for my wife and my daughter. Thank you for my home, my job. Yeah, my job sucks sometimes, but you know what? You, give, you gave me that job. I'm able to make a living. Thank you. We need to go to Jesus and God in times when we're not in need as well and give gratitude. That's why gratitude is so important. It's so vital. 
That's why it's important to have a gratitude journal or a prayer journal, some people would call it. First thing in the morning, I've always said this, I'm going to keep saying it. First things I write in my gratitude journal, good morning, Heavenly Father, thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for myself, but for my wife and my daughter. Thank you for my marriage and thank you for all the many blessings that I often overlook and take for granted. Thank you. Those are some of the primary things that I start off with. In fact, if somebody were to read my gratitude journal, they would read the first few you know, sentences in each day. And they'd be like, man, this guy, like, this is like, did he suffer a punishment? Like, I will, I will thank God for my life and good health. I will thank God for my life and good health. I will thank God for my, <laughs> like you're writing it over and over on a chalkboard. Cause that, that's the primary thing you will see in the first few sentences in every entry. Okay, let's get into the reading. Romans chapter 3. I just wanted to share those sound pieces with you because I thought it was really relevant. It struck my heart. So I figured, you know what? I'll play it. Maybe it might strike your heart. Um, and if you want to see who that is, I've, I've shared, um, I've, I've liked this guy's page. I'm on TikTok at his hard line. Um, like I said, come follow me at TikTok. The reason I'm on TikTok is I do stupid dad jokes. I try to have fun. I try to do dumb dad jokes. Uh, you know, witty one-liners. I try not to make anything go past 30 seconds because, you know, the attention span of most people is about, I think, I can't remember the exact number, but close to 30 seconds. It's like 27 or 28 seconds, something like that. So come on over, check out my dumb dad jokes. It'd be great. So, all right, Romans chapter three, New American Standard Bible, and it reads, then what advantage does the Jew have? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect, first, that they were entrusted with the actual words of God. What then? If some not did not believe, their belief, their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? Far from it. Rather, God must prove to be true through every person to be found a liar, as it is written, so that you are justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I am speaking from a human viewpoint. Far from it. For otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if through my lie, the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, just as we are slanderously reported and some claim that we say, let's do evil and that good may come of it. Their condemnation is deserved. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is no righteous person, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks out God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery in their paths. And they have not known the way of peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, None of mankind will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now apart from the law, 
the righteousness of God has been revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. But it is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a uh, Wow, I, that's a that's a word that I'm having a hard time with. Propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in God's merciful restraint, he let sins previously committed go unpunished for the demonstration that is of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be and, excuse me, he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, where then is boasting? It has been excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since indeed God who will justify the uncircumcised, or the, excuse me, the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. Do we nullify the law through faith? Far from it. On the contrary, we establish it. And that is, again, the reading of Romans chapter 3, verses 1 through 31. Again, New American Standard Bible. I'm going to eventually jump over to my New American Bible, Revised Edition. I like the New American Bible, but I, I, I go back and forth. These are two that I seem to favor the most. But what's Romans chapter 3 mean? Well, let's look at it for a second. Now, Romans chapter 3 begins with a question and answer session, as if Paul, as if between Paul and an imagined opponent. Now, Paul poses questions much like those one would expect from someone, to, you know, taking issues with what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2. And the po this opponent asks what advantage there is to being a Jew, and if the law can't keep individual Jewish people from facing God's judgment for their sin. So Paul insists that there is an advantage to Israel as a nation in that they have been given the oracles, which, you know, is the word of God. Now he then shows the, that God remains faithful to Israel in spite of her faithlessness. In fact, Israel's unrighteousness only serves to further prove God's righteousness. That does not mean though, that God wishes for people to sin more and more to make him look better. Now, following that, Paul's shadow questioner, if you will, asks if Jews are better off than Gentiles. Now, this time, though, Paul says no. And so every single person, Jew and Gentile, is under sin. Having the law doesn't change that doesn't make you better, doesn't make you superior. And Paul strings together a series of quotes from the Old Testament scriptures to show that God, God's word has always taught that all humans are sinful. He begins with, none is righteous. No, not one. And that is from Psalm 14, verse 1. And then he quotes several verses to show how humans have always used our bodies, our throats, tongues, lips, feet, and eyes to express our, our sinfulness. 
And then Paul delivers his most damning and conclusive sentence yet, which is, no human being will be justified in God's sight by following the works of the law. The law brings knowledge of sin, but no hope of salvation. And that's in Romans chapter 3, of course, verses 9 through 20. And so finally, though, Paul turns to the point of his letter to the Christians in Rome. And the law can never justify us, but Paul does reveal that there is a way to be declared righteous in the eyes of God apart from the law. It is available through faith in Christ for all who believe. True, all have sinned and fall short of be being able to participate in God's glory, but on the contrary, now we can be justified, declared righteous before God through God's grace as a gift. And this is something we could never earn. But salvation is possible through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ's blood when he died on that cross to pay for our sins. And God is the one who put Christ forward to be sacrificed in this way, to show his own righteousness, the ultimate sacrifice. Our sin must be paid for. God's just anger must be satisfied, and it was satisfied in the death of Christ. And that allowed God to become not the executioner, but the justifier of everyone who has faith in Jesus. And again, you can reference that from Romans, you know, 3 and then verses 21, Romans chapter 3, 21 through 28. Now, Paul closes out the chapter by emphasizing that this gift is available to be received by everyone, both Jews and Gentiles alike. Nobody can earn it. Nobody deserves it, but all who come by faith may receive it. Amen. You know, as far as the book of Romans, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's um, they say, I, I mean, I say they say, but um, it Romans in the New Testament, believe it or not, is the longest and most structured and most detailed description of Christian theology. I like the book of Romans. It's a great book. And Paul lays out the core of the gospel message, basically salvation by grace alone through faith alone. But his intent is to explain the good news of Jesus Christ in accurate and clear terms. And as part of this effort, Paul addresses the conflicts between law and grace, between Jews and Gentiles, and between sin and righteousness, as is common in his writing. Now, Paul closes out his letter with a series of practical applications. And so, yeah, it's, you know, God's gift is, well, like it said, it, it's, it's nothing that can be earned. It's nothing that you deserve. It's nothing that you can ask for. It's something that just is given to you by the grace that he pours over you. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or if you're not a Jew, if you're just a Gentile, right? It doesn't matter. Everybody's in the same boat. Most important thing is, where's your faith? 
is it in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you are you, are you thankful and grateful for the sacrifice that God gave His one and only beloved Son for the world? This is why it's so important to. This is why it's so important to give gratitude on a daily basis to God. By the way, to those that were just joining in live, I want to say good morning to everybody. To the people in Michigan and Ron, good morning. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, so that is the reading, though, of Romans chapter 3. I will be back here, I think, later on. Um, I Like I said, I got to cut out of here in the next couple minutes, so we're going to end this with prayer because, like I said, I got to take my wife's car. I got a 930 appointment to get her windows tinted. So, yeah, spoiled spoiled lady she is. We just got her rims painted black. She got a white car. She she always, always wanted a white car, right, and I, a white SUV with black rims and black tinted windows. And I'm like, all right, I guess, whatever. You know, I, I've, I've had three new cars in my life. I had two brand-new Mustangs, an 09, um, 45th edition. It was had a 4.6 in it, five speed. And then I had a, um, a GT premium. It was a 2013 that I bought brand new, um, had the track package on it. It was pretty sweet, you know, I was, and then I had a, you know, got a brand new pickup truck 2013 at that time. I know what having a new vehicle is like, and quite frankly, it's not what it's cracked up to being. Quite frankly, I dreaded every month when that payment came in. I hated it. And quite frankly, the newness wore off very quickly. But my wife has never had a new car. In fact, it's not new. It's only a couple years old. And that was the only, I told her that's the only way I'm going to buy a car is if it's slightly used and pre-owned where enough of the depreciation got knocked off because that's one other thing that I learned very hard, uh, learned the hard way, is when you trade a car that you buy brand new in and you get the itch for another new car and you've only owned the previous car for like two, three years and you never paid any extra on it or you didn't do any down payment on it in the very beginning, there's this wonderful thing called negative equity. Oh yeah, if the car is worth less than what you owe, you better believe they're taking that difference and rolling over in the next loan. And man, oh man, my pockets got bit hard by that negative equity. So I just don't play with that snake anymore because that snake bites pretty bad and it sucked. But with her car, we, pretty, we put a pretty good chunk down. And I told her, I said, don't expect to use my bonus for anything every year when it comes. I said, that that whole bonus, I'm going to set aside some money for property taxes and the rest of it's going to the car. So don't expect to go on some bougie vacation or going to coach or wherever and buying a new purse. I'm like, it's going right to your car. <clears throat> but anyway, let's... Um, yeah, so like I said, we're gonna I gotta cut out of here and go do all that fun stuff. But I, I will be back here a little bit later. Prayer here. So, Heavenly Father, as usual, we come together in the assembly here of this small corner of the internet called His Hard Line and to say thank you for not just this community, but thank you for their life and for their good health. Thank you that you led them to this channel, not because of the benefit of me, but for the benefit of you, because that's the reason we started this. We want to just be another outlet among many that people can go to. And we just pray that it continuously grows. Just show us how to serve you. We thank you for another day of life and good health. We thank you for all that you provide us, food, water, 
clothes. Thank you for means of transportation that get us to and from work so that we can earn a living and not have it given to us for nothing. Thank you for your gift of grace and your gift of salvation that as long as we have faith and believe in your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, that you know we might just, just might have a chance to be in the presence of the Holy, Holy, Holy. Father, we come to you and each and every day just say sorry and we repent of our sins. Help amend our life and make it right. Help guide us, guide our thoughts, guide our words, guide our actions. And we invite Jesus Christ in our heart each and every day. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for you today. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I do appreciate it. And for those of you that download the show, I appreciate that. And please, I, I haven't said this in a while, but I need to get back into it. Please share the podcast far and wide. You can copy the link and send it via text or email or on social media. Sometimes, depending on the coding of the link, it'll pop up a an icon of the show. Sometimes it won't, but as long as there's a link, that's all that really matters. And just, you know, if you like the show, like truly like the show, don't do not do it if you hate the show. But if you truly like the show, be like, look, go check out Jason over at His Hard Line. He's a humble guy. He's not the brightest, but, you know, he tries to get the word of God out there. You know, he has stupid dad jokes, and, you know, a lot of them really aren't that funny, but he tries. So, Go give him some pity love. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm glad to have all you guys here, really. I, I'm really humbled to see how this has been growing. And like I said, all of a sudden, just over the weekend, my downloads went from like 150 to 200 a day, and it spiked to darn near 600 a day. I mean, three times. I was like, whoa, three times. And so, and it's been consistent. So appreciate that. And uh, until then or the next time, we'll be, like I said, we'll be back here a little bit later um, for like a His Hardline discussion, maybe like a minor version of it. And then I'm going to do another His Hardline discussion tomorrow morning as well. Now, I will not have a Brandenburg block hour, unfortunately, because she is a very busy lady right now. She is touring all through the Upper Peninsula right now. Um and in northern Michigan. So she hasn't been doing her Brandenburg News Network all week because of that. I mean, we're coming real close to the midterms here in a few weeks. And so um, I'm not going to be bothering her. I sent her a text just to wish her well on her campaign trail and to stay safe and, and have safe travels. And she texted back saying, thank you. And yeah, everything's going really good. I'm like, good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I said, we'll just reconvene next week. Um, next week, though, I do work Friday. So I will not have a Brandenburg block hour next week, Friday. So the following Friday, I'm sure I will have her on. Um, hopefully if she's not too busy, but if nothing else, I'll try to get her on a different day, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes, just to give us an update what's going on, especially for the people that live in Michigan. But like I said, even if you don't live in Michigan, it's going to be very re relevant to watch what happens in Michigan. If you're around the world or across the country, because Michigan, I can't, I don't really want to give too much out because again, I don't want to be one of those podcasters that kind of like, uh, write checks that, you know, um, Anyway, I'll just say this. Watch Michigan because between what she will be doing when she becomes governor and who she will be firing when she becomes governor in the de facto state government side on the back end, which is still an interim status, the Michigan General General Assembly 
will be working in concert with her. And she will be working with us because she is a constitutional woman who wants to put power back to the people. Sounds kind of familiar, kind of like Donald Trump. She wants to restore power back to the people. She's not doing this to self-boast or self-enrich herself or have other um, agendas. This is why she'd never accepted PAC money from anyone. She is running on the constitutional ticket, not the Republican ticket, not the Democrat ticket. She's running for the constitutional ticket. She's doing everything constitutional and lawful. Very important you all hear that, folks. Lawful. So, I hope you have a good day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And we'll see you back here later or tomorrow, depending on what you decide. All right. May God bless your day, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible. Spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. out our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.